greetings to everybody in Jesus' name. Uh, this is the first time we are doing a women's conference. Uh, praise God. Not, uh, not, this is not bad for a first time try at doing a women's conference. And this is not going to be the only time. We will keep doing it more often. Amen? You guys are not excited, but I am excited because I know what, what can happen through women of God that are filled with the Spirit of God and, that, and, and, and who are uh, serious about what God can do through them. It is, there, is, there is no eyes that have seen that, no ears that have heard, no mind that has known what God can do through women of God, through daughters of God who are explosive, who, are, who love God with that passionate, zealous love. Amen? You know, most of uh, passionate stories of Jesus' um, encounter with people, you know, so many of them have been about women, how women worship Jesus. Uh, Mary at the uh, house of Lazarus, Mary at the tomb, you know. And, and, and when we see how these people pursue Jesus, we have to wonder, man, have we sometimes marginalized ourselves or our women or our, our people and saying, hey, you, you can, there are certain things that you cannot do. Because, you know, you have your limitations or you have your weaknesses or you have your struggles. If you read the Bible, you would find that the more weaker you are, the more powerful God would use you. The more, the more limited you are, the more His limitless power and energy would flow through you. You know, that's, that's what the whole of Scripture has been all about. You know, and, and this, this evening, I don't really have a sermon to preach, but I want to read a few Scriptures, and I want to release this over your life. Is that okay? And I pray that you would receive this, and you would receive this as a prophetic word over your life, saying, you know what, this is going to be my life. You know, I don't care what happens in me, around me, or, uh, you know, with the people that I'm, that I'm expecting uh, help from, I, I truly, truly believe that God will still have His way. Okay, I'm going to read about uh, 12, 13, 14 verses this evening, and, uh, and then we'll go on to the other speakers. They are the actual speakers. I'm just here to, you know, give you an encouraging word before they come up and they bring... Uh, uh, anointed word of God. Why, why is it that our conferences are loaded with God's word? Why is it that we teach God's word throughout the conferences or meetings or churches or any, let it be anchor group, let it be, you know, special conference, whatever it is. Why is it that we teach you God's word so much? It's because you remember we, we learned this last Sunday Anything that God wants to do in your life, He will first give you a revelation. He will brighten your eyes if He has to give you freedom from your slavery. So that is why we have teaching of God's Word again and again and again in every season of life. And for this evening's uh, devotion, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1. This is Apostle Paul speaking and let's see what he says. It says, as God's partners... We beg you, come on, read it with me. As God, God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then... <laughs> Tell me we are not guilty of doing this. We love to accept what God is 
releasing in our life. We love to receive it. We celebrate it even. We sing songs about it. We, we go crazy about it. We thank God for it. We put a special offering for it. We do all of that. But sometimes our problem is that we receive it and then we ignore it. And God is saying, hey, I pray that that will not be our story. Can you tell your neighbor, do not ignore what God has put inside you. There is a gift that God has put inside each and every one of us. There is a deposit that is upon each and every one of us. And, and it's very easy for us to receive prophecies and, and celebrate it. You know, how many of you know that, you know, most of us who've been in church for some period, you've been definitely prophesied over. You know, there's no way somebody has not prophesied over you. If, you, if, if that is your story, nobody has prophesied over you, please come and meet me during the break. Or meet one of the women of God, we will prophesy over you. There's no way you're going to go out of here without a word from God. The problem is not that we don't have a word from God. The problem is that we don't know how to respond to this word of God. We receive this word, the Bible says. We beg you not to just accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then just bury it and then just ignore it and then just move on with life like nothing ever happened. You know, so let me ask you this. How does your life change Every day that God speaks to you, does your life change? Every weekend that you come to church and you receive a word from God, does your life change? Every time you spend, you know, every moment you spend in worship before God and God reveals His heart to you, does your life change or does it still remain the same? If it still remains the same, then our problem is not with the accepting. Our problem is with the outworking of it in how we respond to this word that God is giving. Verse 2, it says, For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I held you. Indeed, the right time is? Somebody say, now. now. Loudly, now. now. The Bible says, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's work in your life. It's not... Tomorrow, it's not next season, it's not next year, next breakthrough, next conference. No, no, no. I'm here to tell you today, right now. Now is the time. You remember, we learned this last Sunday also. For we are in this, for right now, we are in that period of grace. Now, God, our God is a now God. As much as He controls your future and he is, in, he is completely aware of your past, our God is a God who works in your now. Our God is a God who says, hey, today is the day that I want to do something special in your life. You know, as human beings, uh, we tend to procrastinate, right? We tend to think that uh, tomorrow we can do something better. Tomorrow we can do something different. You know, if only I can just wait through this you know, challenge and wait through this problem, just don't not do anything about it right now, then probably tomorrow I will make a change. But God is saying, no, this is your season. Right now, you're in that season where I want to release that something special in your life. And my question is, are you ready to respond to that something special right now? Verse 3, and he says, now, now let's personalize this, okay? Paul, Paul is now specifically talking about himself and he says we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us 
and no one will find fault with our ministry he's saying that we live in this manner that there is absolutely no chance that anybody can point a finger at us there'll be no fault whatever we do we conduct ourselves in such a way that you know we will be found blameless before God and before people you know several men of God in the Bible if you would see this they would stand up before the entire congregation and they will tell the men prove me wrong have I ever done anything wrong to you Apostle Paul did that to the church at Ephesus Joshua did that to the elders Moses Samuel did that uh, towards the end of his life they, they would stand up and say hey prove me wrong have I ever done anything to misbehave with you or to do something bad to you now now the the our normal outworking of a person like this is that this person ought to be celebrated that this person ought to have all the blessings all the breakthroughs all the things in place there will be no no struggles in his life right that's what we'll think a man that is so so pure so holy without fault without any fault before god no fault with men you'll find you know if it was you and me who was in god's place we'll say man this guy really deserves to be treated you know like royalty I'm gonna do something special for him I'm gonna do you know breakthrough after breakthrough victory after victory over this guy but if you study the Bible these were the guys who were the most hunted these were the guys who had the most struggles and problems you know the story of Job what is the testimony about Job that there was he was a man who was so blameless he had a good testimony before God and 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 when God would look at him he would say hey this is a man who in whom there is absolutely no guilt no evil but look at the trials and the struggles that Job went through we will think that our purity our faultlessness or our blamelessness is directly proportional to the blessings that we experience but that's not how it's been in the Bible let's let's read what the Bible says in verse 4 Apostle Paul says in everything that we do we show that we are true ministers of God we are we are working hard to be true before you we are working hard to be faultless blameless before you however what do we get in return it says we patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind every kind which means it's not just physical troubles it's got emotional struggles there it's got you know relationship struggles there it's got financial struggles there it's got health related struggles there all kinds of struggles who is facing this this is being faced by a man of God who says I have been without fault I have been you know true in everything that I have done and yet this is what I have received in return I have I've had to face various kinds different kinds of hardships and calamities every kinds of hardships and calamities you should understand he's not only talking about persecution here you know he's talking about every kind not only persecution by people who didn't like you know God's word let's read the next verse we'll understand this now it says we have been beaten okay being put in prison faced angry mobs worked to exhaustion 
endured sleepless nights and gone without food this this sounds like a mother's life you know <laughs> come on don't tell me your kids have never beaten you up if your kids are under 5 they have definitely tried beating you up some some day or the other and and uh, you know and, and and the bible says this is my life this is what i have been facing uh, my pursuit is to live without fault my pursuit is to glorify god my pursuit is to uh, be a true minister of god but what what am i facing i am facing calamities of every kind i am facing struggles of every kind in fact i have been beaten again and again and again i have been put in prison again and again and again and i have been fa i have faced angry mobs again and again and again and i have there are times when apostle paul would have to work to exhaustion because he was not a full time minister he was somebody who would have to work for his own uh, you know food he was a tent maker he was in the construction business so morning to evening he would be working and then evening he will go to all these places where he can preach the God, word of god and and he will be working and preaching and teaching and you know and and planting churches and this guy is working himself to exhaustion come on am i talking to somebody here is this is this does this look like this is my life right now does this look like sometimes i feel like i'm faced with so many things all of a sudden i'm faced with you know you know how is how, how an angry mob comes at you when when an angry mob comes at you you don't know who who is going to hit you from where you know sometimes when we go through life sometimes you feel that right man i have to pay this bill and then i have to you know keep up to this commitment that this that i have made to this church and then i have to do that and i have to you know teach my kids this and i have to be there and i have to be here and i'm faced with all of these things together and and then then you feel that exhaustion because of you know you're trying to work hard you're trying to give your best and you're trying to you know give you 100% and what is he saying he's saying and because of that i have endured somebody say endured endured says i have endured sleepless nights and sometimes even gone without food i'm sure that so many of us have had to go without a lot of things there are several things that we have had to go without in our pursuit of god now my question is how do we respond to this lack in our life how do we respond what is the natural way in which we would want to respond we would want to pick up a fight with this guy who is trying to you know do this or we would want to uh, question god we would want to question uh, our commitment to church we would want to question our relationships we would want to go all out uh, in, in a battle against everything that is fighting us that's our natural response that's what our body tells us to do that's what our training tells us to do that's what our upbringing tells us to do but paul says this is what my current situation is but i'm going to respond differently i'm not going to respond the way that you know person x y and z responds to these situations my response to this is going to be something different completely opposite completely anti what the world does let's read it out verse 6 it says 
we prove ourselves. What do we do? What do we do in response to what is being thrown at us? This is what we do. Come on, read it with me. We prove ourselves by our purity. When the world is throwing stones at us, when the world is going crazy at us, what do we do? We respond with purity. Instead of responding with anger, instead of responding with compromise, instead of responding with, you know, uh, tit for tat, we are going to respond with purity. Man, you know, this was Samson's problem. Samson's problem was that he wanted to give tit for tat and he was genuinely anointed. Come on. You believe that, right? There was a prophecy about him even before he was born that he will, he will do great things, that God will use him for great stuff. And still, his problem was that he wanted to react in his flesh. He wanted to react and, and do things and say things that uh, will prove that, you know, that he's doing the right things. And in, in that journey, he ended up making so many mistakes. He married the wrong person and that marriage didn't really last long then he got involved with a prostitute then he got involved with Delilah the the lady that was eventually responsible for him to lose his anointing in life why did all of this happen not because he was not anointed because his response to what he was what he was faced with was completely wrong his response was that I'm gonna take things in my own hands I'm going to respond to this in my strength. And instead, Paul says in this place, I, am, I, have made a cho I have made my choice. I'm going to respond to every one of life's situations with purity. Everybody scream purity. purity. Come on, loudly. One, two, three. Purity. One more time. Purity. I'm going to respond to every situation that I'm faced with, but with purity. That is how I'm going to respond. That's what I'm going to do in response to what life is throwing at me. The second thing that he says is that I'm going to respond with understanding. Everybody say understanding. understanding. So he's, he's saying there are some things, some areas of my life where I'm going to be when I'm faced with this mob-like situation, when I'm faced with, you know, all these uh, questions and accusations and, and, and trials of different kind. There are some situations where I just have to keep myself pure. And there are other situations where I need to increase my understanding. There are some situations where I need to study about this. If I am again and again and again falling into financial struggle, I might as well study what the Bible says about finances. Come on. At that time, you cannot say, I've been pure, I've been holy, I've, I've been nice and good and continue to fall into that same struggles. If you, if you believe that, that you've been pure, you've kept yourself in the right track, then take another step and say, I'm going to increase in my understanding. Everybody say understanding. understanding. So this is the second thing. I'm, I, I think as sisters, something that you need to understand is that, you know, not everything can you have a response to, you cannot have a response to everything just by and through your emotions. You know, God has created us as emotional people. You know, and when I say us, I'm exempt from that today. You know, God has, God has created you specially sensitive in certain areas of your life. And, and that's amazing. That's beautiful. However, we cannot just be led by emotions. We have to be led by understanding. Everybody say understanding. And, and Paul says, 
when I'm faced with this kind of a life, I'm going to respond not only with purity, I'm going to respond with understanding. And the next thing that Paul says is, I'm going to respond with patience. Come on, scream this out with me. Patience. patience. One more time. Patience. Once again. Patience. patience. So I'm, this is what I'm going to do when I'm faced with all these life situations in, in, spite, of, in spite of being, you know, uh, true and faultless and all of those things when I'm faced with this I'm going to be patient because I know that life my life's you know control is not in my hands it's in God's hands I'm gonna do things God's way and in God's time I'm not going to push myself ahead of time and try to do things in my own way I'm just gonna wait and watch how God is going to bring it about you know, I, I love the story of David for this matter. You know, how he was so patient. He had several opportunities to become king. Several opportunities to assume the power of the nation. But he said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to wait and watch how God is going to do it. I'm not going to, you know, I know I'm anointed for this. If it was you and me, I know what we will do. We'll immediately say, man, this is God-given opportunity for me. God made this way for me to kill this guy and get this guy done with. Enough is? We say that, right? Enough is enough. I gave him so many chances and he's still doing the same thing. He's still coming after my life. He's still coming after my family. He's still coming after my marriage. He's still coming after my finances. Enough is enough. I am going to take things in my own hands and I am going to assume power. But David says, no. In fact, his people, his, his team member said, uh, Pastor David, you don't have to feel guilty about it. I will do it for you. You just, you know, chill. Do, just close your eyes for a second and I will kill him for you. I will do the, jo I will do the dirty job for you. But, but David says, not on my watch. You're not touching an anointed man. In fact, the guy who brought him the news that, you know, we killed him, he, David got that guy killed. Because David was like, hey, I'm not going to take things into my own hands. Sisters, we have to learn this principle. There is a blessing that comes by being humble under the mighty hand of God and letting Him lift you up in due time rather than you pushing yourself ahead of time and, and trying to be placed in that place where God wants you to be. The next word, it says, not only with patience, but we're going to respond with kindness. You know what is kindness? Kindness is the next level of patience. Patience is saying, if you're going to do this to me, I'm not going to respond to it. But kindness is saying, even if you're going to do this to me, I'm still going to be nice to you. I'm still going to, you know, bless you. I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to go one step ahead and, and embrace you. I'm still going to go one step ahead and, and forgive you. I'm still going to make a meal for you. I'm still going to do whatever it takes to honor you to serve you to love you to you know to bless you that's 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 what kindness is kindness see you show kindness to people who don't necessarily deserve it right see if uh, jesus said this about uh, his to his disciples he said hey if you're going to invite people to your home who can invite you back then what difference is there between you and the pharisees because you do the same thing that 
others do. There's no difference. But Jesus said, hey, if you would do it to people who treat, who mistreat you, who look down on you, that is where you set yourself different, set yourself apart. And Paul says, that is going to be my response to my struggles, to the people that are hurting me. You know, there are several times when, you know, he, he, it was not just people who hurt him, circumstances that hurt him, you know, he was shipwrecked, left for dead. You know, and, and, and people would say mean things about him. His own team members, you know, uh, saying evil, mean things about him and, and leaving him and, you know, going the other way. All of those things happening to him. And he says, I am going to respond not only with patience, but I'm going to respond with kindness. Somebody scream this out, with kindness. What are the four things that he said? Purity, understanding, patience, and kindness what is the next thing i love this one okay and it says and by the holy spirit within us he says hey i i'm i know for a fact that i'm going to be pure in this season i know for a fact that if there is some things that i can't handle i'm going to learn more about it develop my understanding on this topic and and i'm going to be patient i'm not going to take things into my hands i'm in fact going to be kind do the opposite of you know revenge and do the opposite of hurting this person and he says and i'm going to respond by the presence of the holy spirit within us and this this is something that i want to emphasize on at a at the end of uh, this this devotion as well that sometimes we take the power that is put on the inside of us for granted we 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 don't really give any attention to the fact that there is a treasure that is inside of us there is this power that is on the inside of us and that's true for all of us the 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 greater your struggle the greater is the grace inside of you the the weaker you are the greater is god's strength inside of you do you know what i mean so don't you tell me that you're weak, you're too weak, and that is why you're not able to manifest. I'm telling you, the reason why we are not able to manifest that power that is inside of us, the, the limitless energy that God has put inside of us is because we don't really believe that we've got it. We think that that man is anointed, this woman is anointed, he speaks in tongues, this guy prophesies, and all these other people have got it. I don't have it. I... I don't have this power. And Paul says, no, when we respond to these struggles, these everyday trials and struggles and troubles, this is how I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond with my purity. I'm going to respond with my understanding. I'm going to respond with my patience. I'm going to respond with my kindness. And I'm going to respond with the presence of the Holy Spirit within us. That's how I'm going to respond. And last but not the least, I'm, I'm sure that God has given a special ability to our sisters to do this. And it says, and by our sincere love. Everybody say love. love. And it says, this is how I'm going to respond. Not just with patience and kindness, but I'm going to genuinely, sincerely love the people that hurt me. Love God in spite of my circumstances. Love the, 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 the people that God has ordained to to be placed in my life and I'm going to just serve them with everything that, that God has given me. And that's what I'm going to do. And he goes on to say in verse 7, he says, We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us and we use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and in the left hand for defense. You know, you know that's how you fight a battle, right? 
Ephesians chapter 6, you know, use the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So there is a, there is a weapon for attack and there is a weapon for defense, right? And he says, hey, this is how I am going to live my life because I know that I am going to be constantly faced with attacks as much as I'm trying to proceed further, as much as I'm trying to go one step higher. I know that I will also face my own battles. We think that once all my battles are taken care of, once I'm perfect, then I will start doing ministry. Then I will start serving in church and then I will get married and then I will pick up a job and then I will do something. No, that's not how life is. You have to live life on the defense and on the attack at the same time. And that is the beautiful balance that we need to maintain. God would want us to live in that, in that beautiful tension of the, the reality of our circumstances and yet depending on the truth of who we really are and what we really carry within us. That's the beautiful tension. He goes on to say this in the next verse. We serve God whether people honor us or... Can you read it with me guys? Come on. We serve God whether people honor us or despises. Why? Because we are not serving people. We are serving God. We are serving God for His glory and for His honor. And He says, hey, we serve God whether we get despised in this or whether we get honored in this. I'm going to remain in this marriage whether I am honored in this marriage or whether I am despised in this marriage. I'm going to stay faithful at my workplace wherever God is sending me out to battle this out. I'm going to be faithful whether I get honored there or whether I get despised over there. We serve God. We don't serve a man. I don't serve my husband. I don't serve my boss. I serve God. And that is why Joseph said, how can I sin against God by lying with you, Mrs. Potiphar? Because, hey, I, I want to honor God. I serve God whether you despise me or whether you honor me. Amen? The next line, it says, whether they slander us or praises. I pray that today this will become our confession, that this will become our prayer, that this will become our anthem, that we are a group of people who are who are going to live in this tension where there is going to be honor on one day and there is going to be despiseness on the other day. There is going to be slander on one day and there is going to be praise on the next day. It says, it says, the next verse, it says, we are honest. That's our, that's our eternal truth. But they call us. This is what we are doing. We are trying to serve God with everything true within us. But what are they calling us? They're calling us imposters. He says, we are ignored even though we are well known. He says, hey, the, the truth is that we are well known. But how are they treating us? They're treating us like, you know, we are nobodies. We're living in that, that, that tension where we understand that this is who God has called me to be. And yet, this is how I'm being treated right now. This is how my circumstances is responding to me right now. Next verse, it says, we live close to death, yet, somebody say yet, we are alive. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that, that my, my, my circumstances says that I'm, I'm about to die, that I can't make it another day, that I, I, can't, I can't breathe another moment. I don't have the grace to 
to push on for some more time. But the Bible says, but God says that, hey, you will see my blessings, my goodness in the land of the living. Yet we are alive. It says, we have been beaten. Come on, scream it with me. Come on, loudly. One, two, three, go. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. We have been beaten. Yes, it's a truth. This is, this is a fact. The fact is that I'm being beaten every side. On every side, I'm being, t- I'm, I'm, I'm being hurt. But the truth is that we have not been killed. And as long as I'm going to be, as long as I'm alive, there is hope. Why? Because I'm going to continue to respond with my purity. I'm going to continue to respond with understanding. I'm going to continue to respond with patience, with kindness, with the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, and with sincere love. It goes on to say, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. Come on now. We're, now we're talking emotions here. Come on. He says, this is, this is my state. Our hearts ache. <laughs> Come on. This is, this, is how I, this is my struggle. My circumstances causes my heart to ache. My, my mind or my emotions is, is putting a strain upon me. But this is how I will live. I will live like I always have joy. Come on, the next line. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches. We give riches to other people. Come on, next verse. It says, we own nothing and yet we have everything. Come on, is, can, that, can that become our confession? That I'm going to live in that place, in that, in, that, in that place of understanding that there may be challenges in life that I have to you know, face, that there may be real situations, real heartaches in life that I have to respond to, but my response is not going to be the way everybody else responds. I'm not going to give up on my calling. I'm not going to give up on my marriage. I'm not going to give up on my ministry just because things are not working out. I'm going to live like I have everything. I'm going to live because I will have joy even when I don't have any, any peace in my heart. I mean, this doesn't make sense. Like, you know, is Apostle Paul lying? My heart aches, but I have... Is he lying? No, he is speaking his truth over his facts. His fact is that he has heartache. But it's truth he has, he has joy. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. It is not because your weakness is not a fact. Your weakness may be a fact. But the truth is that you are strong even when you are weak. Come on, let's go a little more verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. Read it with me. We are pressed on every side, but still not. Come on. We are still not crushed. Why? Because we're going to live in that, in that tension. Because we're going to live knowing that this is my fact, but pressing on towards the truth that, that, we will, that all the situations that are trying to press on me can still not crush me. Next verse. We are perplexed, but, but not driven to despair. Yes, this is my situation. My fact is that we are perplexed. Yeah? When emotions come, when multiple options come, when, when all these challenges come, I feel like I'm perplexed. But I will not be driven to despair. It says, we are hunted down, but never. Come on, I want you to re- 
just believe this, okay? We are hunted down, but never, ever abandoned by God. We may be hunted by our family, we may be hunted by, you know, our situations, we may be hunted by even our own emotions, but we are still not abandoned by God, yeah? We, are, we get knocked down, but we are still not destroyed. Yeah, that's, that's, that's who we really are. We live in that, in that balance. We live in that tension between the two. I'll, I'll explain to you why. He explains this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. And I will finish with this, okay? He says, we now have this light. Everybody say light. He says, we now have this light where? Shining in our hearts. And he says, he's speaking about something that is within him. Okay, and he says, we have this light that is shining in our hearts. Now, you should understand, light is something that brings clarity, right? Light is something that brings guidance. Light is something that gives you direction for the next step. And he says, this is, this is the truth of my life, that we have this light. And this light is shining in our hearts. But next verse, it says, next line, it says, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure what is this great treasure the light the light in our hearts that that is the great treasure we we spoke about the presence of the holy spirit within us that paul said i'm going to respond with the presence of the holy spirit within us and he says hey this light within us it is it, it is the treasure within us but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars that contains this great treasure humanly speaking a good businessman would never do this a good businessman would always put his treasure in an iron case or or unbreakable that is that that people cannot steal or that people cannot unlock and all of those things right but god in his great wisdom the bible says he chooses the weakest among us to put his greatest riches and his greatest treasure among us. Amen. See, the Bible says, you have to accept this, you like it or not. Don't call me anti-feminist or whatever. The Bible says, women are a weaker vessel. Now that means that, you know, if you are a weaker vessel, if, but this verse is still valid for you. You still have the light this treasure that is shining and that is present in your fragile clay jars as weak as you may be as as much as tension there may be as much as there may be the battle between this and that you still have this light within you you still have this treasure within you and he goes on to say this makes it clear that our great power is from god and not from ourselves this power that he is talking about, he says, this makes it clear that our great power is not from ourselves, but it is from God. I want to remind you of this particular story in the Old Testament, where God told Gideon, God said, take clay jars and take torches, light torches. Keep those light torches inside the jars and you walk into the enemy's camp. And when you go there, what do you do? Come on, Bible readers, tell me the story. Gideon's story. What should you do? Come on, loudly. Shout, shout it out and, and what should you shout? What, what did God tell him to shout? For God? 
And for Gideon, great, shout it out and do what? Sorry? Break the clay josh. Actually, it was in the reverse order. First, break the clay josh and then shout it out saying, for the Lord and for Gideon. What were they doing? They were saying they took this great torches, great lights that is uh, supposed to bring light in darkness. They hid it inside clay, fragile clay jars and they went into the enemy's camp. And what did they do there? When they reached there, they would just break this jar off so that the light that is inside this jar can be visible to everybody. And so they can't see the light coming from a far off distance. It's, it's a strategy to surprise the enemy. You know, at the last minute when the enemy is thinking that, man, it's a peaceful night, we're going to get a long night's rest, all of a sudden there is light everywhere. All of a sudden there, it, the, the whole camp is lit up and people are shouting and screaming everywhere. Can I tell you this? That is what God is trying to do with some of us. We may think that our weakness, that our fragility, our, our, our brokenness, will work against us, that our sins will work against us, that our, our temptations will work against us, and our, our instability will work against us. But this is what God says, no, no, don't worry about it, because this makes it clear that this power is from God and not from ourselves. God says, if you can only trust me, if you can only trust me to, to release this great power that I have placed on the inside of you, if you can only trust me to let this bright shining light that I have placed inside you to shine out at the right time, at the right season. And I'm telling you, I'm going to use you for a victory. Amen. Can we read that last verse once again? Just go back one or two slides and come. Yeah, let's read that. Let's read it together. We now have these lights shining in our hearts. Why? But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. So what? So we know, next slide, it says, this makes it clear that this great power is from God and not from ourselves. He's saying, this, this, this is it. This is it. That, hey, no matter how fragile I am, no matter how weak I am, this, this being torn between two things, it's because there is this great treasure within us. And that treasure can manifest only when this outer, earthen, fragile clay jar gets broken at the right time, at the right season. So, when God breaks you, when God doesn't give you the answer to your prayers, when God doesn't allow everything that you have prayed and expected for in your life, don't be disappointed. Just say, God, I know, I know, I know, I know. In this season, I'm just going to respond with the power that you have placed on the, on, on the inside of us. This season, I'm just going to respond with the presence of the Holy Spirit that you've placed in us. This season, I'm just going to respond with the light that is shining in my heart. This season, I'm going to respond with the sincere love that you have given me. This season, I'm going to respond with patience, with kindness. This season, I'm going to respond with purity and with understanding. I'm not going to run ahead of things and I'm not going to take things into my hands. Even when I'm faced with struggles and pain and troubles on every side, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to respond with the right things. Why? Because we have this great treasure in fragile clay jars. 
just so that people will know that this power is not from ourselves but from God. Let's pray. Father, I, I, I pray and I release this word into your children's heart. That, that you would give us the grace to live in that holy balance, that holy tension, where we see that we have struggles on the outside, but we live like we are completely victorious because of the great power that is within us, where we are faced with angry mobs every day, but still we live with understanding, where we, where we are faced with people that want to beat us and, and, and put us down and compromise us and accuse us, and still we will respond with purity because of this great treasure this great power that is working within us where we experience this great pain and heartache on the outside and still we will pursue to live in a state of joy because of this great treasure that you have placed within us why so that at the end of the day when people look at us they will see that this is not because of us but because of your great power that is manifesting in us and through us we surrender ourselves into your hands, Lord. In this season, break everything that needs to be broken. Lord, change everything that needs to be changed. M mold everything that needs to be molded. Lord, remove those fragile clay jar coverings around the light that you have placed on the inside of us because we want people not just to see our brokenness we want them to see the light that you have placed on the inside of us we want them to see the glory that is shut within us we want them to see the grace that you're releasing through us into our generation father we love you we give you praise and in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen, amen.